Thanks, AJ. Well, good morning. My name is Ryan. I'm one of the pastors here. I want you to imagine with me for a second. Um, imagine that you were on a plane that had to crash land in the middle of the Pacific Ocean. Okay? And you were one of you and 10 other people, so 11 people total, are on a life raft in the middle of the Pacific Ocean. Okay? And so at first it's going well, you're happy to be alive, but after a little while, you notice, hey, is it, is it just me or does the boat seem like it's sitting lower and lower in the water? Then after maybe a couple more hours go by, and you can't deny it, the boat's definitely sinking. And there's sharks in these waters. And then somebody notices on the side of the lifeboat, it says, warning, maximum capacity, 10 people. And you kind of, you count and you go, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. Oh boy. Now, at that moment, there's probably going to be two things you'll be tempted to do right away. The first one will be to brag or to subtly drop hints about how important you are, right? I'm a valuable member of society. My family needs me. I'm a really good person, right? With the subtext being, we can't kick me off this life raft. And the second thing that you'd be tempted to do is to start noticing and pointing out, maybe subtly, you don't want to be the jerk because you kick the jerk off the life raft, right? You start subtly noticing and maybe pointing out when you have the chance to be a little bit critical, things that are wrong with other people. Again, with the subtext being, I mean, nobody wants to, but if, hey, if we have to kick somebody off this life raft, I mean, it should be that person before it's me, right? Well, uh, Donald Miller, who's an American writer, he says that most of us live our lives as if we were one of 11 people on a 10-person life raft in the middle of the ocean. We constantly feel that threat that if we can't somehow justify that we are better than the worst person here, or at least that there's somebody here that's worse than us, there's going to be horrible consequences and we'll be eaten by sharks or we'll be sent to hell or everybody's going to hate us or something terrible is going to happen, right? And that's the reason we have this human tendency to, on the one hand, to try to exalt ourselves by bragging and showing off, and on the other hand, to tear other people down by, by judging them and criticizing them. Well, so Jesus, as we walk through the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus already has talked about the first part of that. Remember at the beginning of Matthew chapter 6, he says, don't be like the hypocrites who pray or they give or they fast or they, they read their Bible or they do all these religious things to try to show off. And today we're looking at a passage, the one AJ just read, that talks about that other human tendency that we have because of our insecurity, which is to try to undermine other people and to tear other people down, whether it's just in our own heart or whether we're actually saying those things out loud. 
Now, the, the Pharisees were kind of the masters of both of these things. Remember uh, several months ago, I did the, the thing where I told you the story where there's the, the Pharisee, the religious leader, he goes to the temple and he makes sure he gets just the most obvious spot and he says, Lord, thank you that I'm such a great person. Thank you that I pray so much and I give so much. And, and then what else does he say? He says, and thank you that I'm not like that sinner down there. And so again, you see both. You see the boasting, look how good I am, and you see the judging, oh, I'm glad I'm not like that person. So the first question we have to talk about is, what does Jesus even mean when he says do not judge, right? Well, the word judge, the Greek word that's, that's translated here, judge, it can mean two different things. On the one hand, it can mean to distinguish between two different things, to distinguish between two different things. And the second thing it can mean is kind of like to condemn somebody in a court of law. These are the charges, you're guilty, take them away. To condemn. Now, Jesus here is not saying that we shouldn't distinguish between right or wrong in our own lives and even in the lives of others. Think about it. He's, he's just spent, we spent the past several months talking about two chapters, Matthew chapter 5 and Matthew chapter 6, where he's basically told us over and over again the difference between good and bad right? He's told us, this is what sin looks like. This is what holiness looks like. Avoid these things over here and, and do these things over here. And in a couple of weeks, we're going to look at a passage later in Matthew 7, where he actually says, don't be like the false teachers. And so to not be like the false teachers or to avoid the false teachers, you have to be able to what? Know who the false teachers are. Right? In Matthew chapter 18, Jesus even says that when we see our brother or our sister sinning, we don't just sweep it under the rug. We love them enough to gently and humbly and lovingly go to them and say, hey, it looks like there's something in your life that, that's not pleasing to God, to try to restore them. Okay, so Jesus is not saying that we shouldn't discern the difference or judge the difference between good and bad, between right and wrong, good and evil, sin and holiness, in ourselves or even in other people. Okay, What he's talking about is having that second one that I was just talking about. It's that, that human tendency to not only recognize that somebody's doing something wrong, but to condemn them, to have that kind of haughty, superior, holier-than-thou attitude where you're kind of like, okay, that person, you know, that person does bad things. I'm up here, and then there's that sinner down there, right? So that's what he's talking about, having a condemning, judgmental attitude. I think a, a good way to say, to kind of summarize what Jesus is saying in this passage is, is this. So if you're taking notes, you can write this down. This is the, the main point. Jesus is telling us to have good judgment without being judgmental. Okay, have good judgment, good and bad, right and wrong, sin and holiness, without being judgmental, without being this judgmental person that's condemning other people and looking down on other people. Okay, so have good judgment without being judgmental. Well, I just talked a second ago about the Pharisees, the religious leaders who at the time were kind of the masters of this, the masters of saying, look at me, I'm up here, and then that person's down there, right? Well, what about us? What are some ways that we tend to judge other people? 
Well, I'll start with an example of, of myself. Um, so one of the types of people that I tend to be most judgmental of are people that I perceive, seem to me for whatever reason, like they are know-it-alls. People that seem kind of arrogant, people that don't listen. Okay, those are the types of people that, that I tend to, when I perceive that somebody's kind of like that, those are the types of people that I tend to be most judgmental about. Okay, so let me give you an example. There's one, one time, this is several years ago, and it's not anybody here in this church. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> um, no, so this a few years ago, there was a, a Christian brother that I was talking to, this is a, another pastor, and th- this guy, you know, he struck me as somebody who, he was pretty dogmatic about certain things that to me seemed like were not essential issues in Scripture, things that are secondary or tertiary issues in Scripture. He seemed pretty do- dogmatic about it, and he, you know, he, would, he would make that opinion known, and there was a subtle subtext of kind of like, okay, you know, they might be Christians, but if they don't believe everything exactly the way we believe it, you know, they're kind of on the JV team, so, sort of like that. Now, and one time, the, this person that I was already kind of having a judgmental attitude towards this person in my heart, uh, one, one day this person gave me a book, and it was a, 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 a theology book. It was a systematic theology book, which is basically kind of like, hey, here's, all, here's a summary of the things that the Bible teaches about these different topics. And he takes this book. Well, it wasn't the Bible, so I do that. He takes this book, and he hands it to me, and he says, hey, I want to give you this book. Finally, somebody wrote a book that got everything right. <laughs> and... Um, you know, in, in that moment, he basically had just, in my heart, my first response is, well, he just confirmed all of my suspicions about him. I thought he was arrogant. He is arrogant. But you know what happened after a little while? I started thinking, I'm so glad there's people like me in the world. I'm so glad that not everybody are arrogant, stuck-up jerks. I'm glad I'm not like that judgmental person down there, <laughs> right? And, and, oh, isn't it so, I'm, I'm so glad that God puts humble people like me in this person's life, right? And, and what, I, what I realized, I was totally judging this person. And ironically, I kind of saw him as being judgmental, but because I thought he was judgmental in my kind of economy, I was like, he's down here and I'm up here. But really, I was being just as judgmental as he was, and I don't even know if he was being judgmental. It was actually a really good book, and I'm glad he gave it to me, right? So what about for you? What are some, who are the type of, who's the type of person that you tend to be most judgmental of? Maybe it's somebody that you just have a condemning attitude towards. Maybe it's somebody, maybe you've never talked about it, you've never even said anything on social media, you've never even talked to this person directly, but you just kind of, in your heart, you kind of feel like, you know, there's Christians and then there's Christians. And, you know, I'm one of these Christians because I'm so humble. And, you know, that person who believes something different, who goes to a different type of church, who does certain things that I don't think they should be doing, they're kind of down here. Maybe it doesn't even come across as a condemning kind of angry attitude. Maybe it's more condescending and patronizing. You ever heard the term, bless your heart? Maybe it's one of those. 
Oh, bless your heart. Bless your heart. It's kind of that dismissive, condescending, you know, that, that type of an attitude. I think so often we can judge people, we're most tempted to judge people who we perceive to be very different from us. Does that make sense? We're most tempted to judge people that we perceive to be very different from us. So if you're wondering who you tend to be most judgmental of, who are the people that seem so different from you? Sometimes it's people with different personalities. You have the, the extrovert who looks at the introvert and says, that person's just standoffish and unfriendly. And then you have the extrovert that looks at the, or the introvert that looks at the extrovert and says, that person is so full of themselves, they talk so much, they're always making a big deal. They think they're just such hot stuff. Maybe it's somebody in a different generation. Maybe it's your parents. I heard uh, somebody say one time that he said, when I was 18, my dad was an idiot. But when I was 28, I was surprised at how much my dad had learned in 10 years. <laughs> Maybe you look at your parents and, you know, you see them and like, they don't really get it. They're just about working and kind of keeping the status quo. And you've read some Christian books that they haven't read. And, and you think you have everything all figured out. And you see, you know, my parents don't really get the gospel. My parents don't really understand. Well, maybe they don't. But it's also not your place to judge your parents. Maybe it's on the other side. Maybe you're like, you know, back in my day, we walked up, we walked up the hill both ways, snowing, and it was, you know, 100 degrees below zero to get to school, and, and we liked it when we played with whatever it is, you know. And these snowflakes today, and, and whatever, you know. It's so easy to be judgmental of different people. Maybe it's different churches. It's easy for a church that's on the smaller side to look at a church on the bigger side and say, they're just about production. They're just about putting on a show. They don't they don't care about making disciples like, like we do. We do things like the early church did. And again, we're up here and they're down here. Or, to look, or for a, a larger church to look at a smaller church and they kind of have that, oh, bless your heart type of mentality. They're trying so hard. But God knows, everybody knows who God's really working through. Look how many people we have. Right? It's so easy to judge people who have different beliefs, different personalities, different faith backgrounds, or come from different generations. Well, so, so again, what about you? Who do you tend to be judgmental towards? Well, so, so far we've said what Jesus is telling us here in this passage is to, be, to have good judgment without becoming judgmental. Well, and he also gives us two ways, two things we can do here to avoid being judgmental while at the same time practicing good judgment, okay? So these are, the, these are two subpoints under the have good judgment without being judgmental. Number one, he tells us in, uh, in verse four, he tells us to judge yourself first. Judge yourself first. Again, it's not wrong to kind of try to discern, is this good or is this bad? Is that something that should have happened or something that shouldn't have happened? It's not wrong to to think that way. We're human beings. We have a moral compass. And as Christians, we have the Holy Spirit inside of us. 
okay? But he says, you want to be, you want to not be a judgmental person? Judge yourself first, okay? Judge yourself first. Look what he says. He says, how can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when there is a log in your own eye? You hypocrite first, judge yourself first, take the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take away the speck from your brother's eye. So basically what he's talking about here, imagine, so, uh, so Casey Kiefer, many of you guys know her, she's a, she's a dentist, and uh, so, so she, she, she works on, sometimes she'll be, you know, filling in a cavity or something, working on people's, you know, not taking out of their eyes, maybe taking out of their teeth or something like that, right? Imagine that she went in to perform uh, dental surgery, and she, her head had been impaled by a giant two-by-four. How well do you think that surgery would go? Not well, right? How much do you think she'd be able to clearly see, okay, there's some plaque here, and there's, you know, okay, we've got to get this out, and got to fill this in here. If there's a giant two-by-four in her, in her face, or in my face, or in any of our faces, you know, they're just swinging around and knocking into people, and then can't even see, like, right? And, and so, um, so it's this idea where we're where we're trying to take out this little speck of sawdust from somebody else's eye. Meanwhile, I've got this giant railroad tie sticking out of my head. Okay? So he's saying, first, work on yourself. First, judge yourself. And then, think about other people. So we've been talking recently about this idea of spiritual breathing. Right? This idea of, of breathe in and breathe out where we come before God, we settle our hearts before God, and we, and we just talk to God. And we've been saying you can do that expressing your pain to God. You can do that um, talking to God about your anxieties. You can tell God about how you're feeling about people who have hurt you. You can talk to God about anything. One of the most important things that we can talk to God about is we think about spiritual breathing. Again, breathe in the good and breathe out the bad is confessing our sin. Confessing our sin. Um, this is how I'd encourage you to do that. When you think about, okay, I want to be somebody who has good judgment, but who's not judgmental. Where do I start? Well, maybe this week it would look like this week you, you spend some time by yourself and you just come before God and you say, God, is there anything in my life that's displeasing to you? Is there any sin in my life that I haven't confessed? Is there anything I've been doing or saying? Is there an attitude I've been having that is poisoning me and poisoning the people around me? And then just take a minute and listen. Just listen. We have to be careful. Sometimes we have a voice in our head who just never gets too specific, but just kind of tells us over and over again, you're a terrible person. You're a terrible person. You're a terrible person. You're a terrible person. That's not the voice of the Holy Spirit. That's the voice of Satan or that's the voice of, of, of our flesh. Jesus says, everybody knows John 3.16, that God loved the world so much that he sent his son Jesus to die for us. 
But John 3.17 says, God didn't send his son into the world to condemn the world, but so that the world could be saved through him. When we open our heart up and we give God access to our heart and we say, God, please show me, is there anything in my heart that's displeasing to you? He's not just going to condemn you. He's, he will not condemn you. He won't just say, well, you suck. That's just kind of all it is. You're just a bad person. You're hopeless. No, he won't do that. Again, th- think about that. Th- think about Casey Kiefer expertly performing surgery on somebody's teeth. It's, I'm here to help you. I'm not here to hurt you. Okay? I'm here to fix the problem. Not, not here to make fun of you or to make you feel worse for having a problem. So you open yourself up to God, so breathe out. God, is there any sin in my life that I haven't confessed that you want me to confess? And if and, if and when God puts some, brings something to your mind specifically, then just tell him. Say, God, I, I confess. In the same way that you go to the dentist and you say, hey, my, my, my tooth is hurting. Hey, you know, I'm having some problems with, with, with this side of my mouth. In the same way, you can have the same spirit. The Bible says Jesus is the great physician. He's the great healer. You come to him and you say, Jesus, I, I recognize that's wrong. I'm poisoning myself and I'm poisoning others in that way. And here's the, the second step. So we're breathing out. We're confessing our sin to God. That's the first step. It can take one or two minutes. What does it look like to breathe in? Well, the first thing, and this is so important, if you want to, if you skip this step, you'll become an even more judgmental person. Okay, there's a lot of people who are so judgmental because they're painfully aware of their own sin. But they skip the second step which makes them be judgmental. Which, and because they skip that step, they become judgmental. The second step is to thank God for already forgiving you. So breathe in. God's not mad at me. God doesn't hate me. God doesn't think that, you know, I'm down here and, you know, Demakotic is up here or, or, or something like that. No, God loves me. He, he delights in me. He has forgiven all of my sins and given me his righteousness. So, number one, confess. Number two, thank God for already having forgiven you. Now, we're still breathing in. Don't stop breathing in. It's a big, deep breath. The third step is to tell Jesus, Jesus, this thing that I've just confessed, if I go back out there on my own strength, I'm just going to do it all over again. I'm going to put that plank right back in my eye. Right back in my face. Jesus, I need you, through the power of your spirit, to change me. Jesus, I'm feeling prideful. I'm being arrogant. I'm being impatient. I'm full of lust. Thank you that you don't judge me according to those things. Thank you that you love me and accept me because of what you did on the cross. Would you please help me to change? I can't do it on my own. 
Holy Spirit, I need you with me every moment of the day today. Otherwise, I'm just going to run back, right back into that rut. So, so breathe out, confess your sin, breathe in, thank Jesus for what he's done to forgive you, and ask him to help you to be able to change. Okay, that's number one. Number two, how can you become a non-judgmental person? Number two, what we see in verse six, he says, don't give to dogs what is holy, and do not throw your pearls before pigs, lest they, lest they trample them underfoot and turn to attack you. Now, we can get caught up in this, in this uh, kind of in this imagery here. So we're talking about, you know, pearls, which are really valuable, and you, you give them to pigs, and the pigs think they're food and until they chip their tooth on them. And then they, they're mad because they thought you were giving them food, and you're not. And so they come around, and they, just, they try to bite your head off. Right? So not a pretty picture. Now, we can get tripped up here trying to think, okay, am I the pig? <laughs> am I the dog? Is that person the pig? Is that person the dog? And I don't think that's the point here. The point here is that Jesus is talking about something very valuable that is unappreciated if you give it to the wrong person or if you give it at the wrong time. So think about what Jesus said here. He said, take the plank out of your own eye and then you'll be able to see clearly, having experienced God's grace, having experienced God's forgiveness for yourself, you'll be able to have the right attitude and the wisdom to, to look at somebody else and say, hey, you know what? My brother and my sister, they have this thing in their life and I love them too much to let, that, to let them ignore that. You'll be able to know when and how to do that. And what this is saying is, be cautious as you judge others. Judge yourself first and judge others cautiously. Because, you know, maybe if somebody is, they're just not ready to hear it. Maybe they will be in a few weeks or a few months or a few years or tomorrow morning. But maybe they're just not ready to hear it right now. Maybe if you told them, hey, by the way, you're doing this thing that's wrong. Maybe it would be just like, taking the pearl and sharing it with a pig. Not saying they're pigs and not saying you're a pearl, but it would be completely ineffective and just lead to more conflict. Maybe in some situations where you say, you know what? I don't think that person's ready to hear that right now. Maybe what you do, instead of just virtue signaling by saying, oh, by the way, I want everybody to know that I think that this is wrong, maybe what you do instead is you just pray for that person. And you commit to love that person and you ask God to open up an opportunity for you to share that with that person. Okay, so have good judgment without being judgmental. Judge yourself first and then judge other people cautiously. Well, um, I, I want to close with, with this. We said at the beginning that so often the thing that motivates us to judge other people it's not that we have super high standards, it's that we're insecure, right? We're one of 11 people on a 10-person life raft, and we're afraid that if we can't prove that somehow we're better than other people or other people are worse than us, we're going to get fed to the sharks. What do we do about that? What do we do about that? You know, I said before that the religious leaders were the most judgmental people. Look at me and then look at them type of thing. 
There's this one time where, in John chapter 8, where there was a, a woman who was committing adultery, and she got found out. And the religious leaders, again, typical, well, I've never done that, so that means you're a lot worse than me. You know, they, they drag this woman out, they put her in the middle of the street, and they're, they're, taking, they're picking up rocks, and they're getting ready to, to, to stone her. And in their mind, they're completely justified. After all, she really did this, and this was really wrong. And then Jesus comes along. And Jesus asks them a question. Or he, he, he makes a statement. He says, whichever one of you is without sin, you throw the first stone. Whichever one of you is without sin, yeah, go, go right ahead. You know, tee it up. You know, really go after her. And those arrogant leaders, they realize what hopefully all of us are, are realizing right now, I can't do that. I've got a plank in my eye. I need to deal with that before I go and try to help somebody else. And so one by one, they put down their rocks and they walk away. And then Jesus, again, think, imagine, imagine, the, imagine this scene. Jesus kneels down next to the woman and looks into her eyes and says, what, what happened? Doesn't anybody condemn you? And she says, no, no, they're all gone. And then he says, well, neither then will I condemn you. The one person that actually could have thrown a stone said, neither will I condemn you. Go and sin no more. Jesus is the one who, when there's 11 people on that 10-person life raft, he's the best person there, the only person that you can't dig up any dirt on. And he sacrifices himself. He says, I'll just go ahead and feed myself to the sharks. And until you start to realize that you are that woman who is sitting there guilty, but Jesus has looked at you and said, I could condemn you, but I haven't come to condemn you. I've come to save you. Neither will I condemn you. Go and sin no more. And there's something about realizing, look at what he says in verse 3, or in verse, uh, in verse chapter 2, or in verse 2. With the, for, the for the judgment you pronounce on others, with that you will be judged. There's something about realizing that man, if Jesus treated me as harshly as I treat people that I think are stuck-up, arrogant know-it-alls, or are kind of deadbeats who never participate in ministry or who never do enough work, they don't read their Bible enough or whatever the case may be, until I realize that if Jesus judged me with the same harshness that I'm judging that other person, I would have already been stoned to death. But he doesn't. And because Jesus put his rock down 
for me, I can put my rock down when it comes to other people as well. Jesus, he not only sacrifices himself to the sharks so we can be safe on the life raft, he sucks up all the water in the Pacific Ocean, and he magically transports us to this beautiful home, right? And once we start to internalize that, well, you don't feel that sense of insecurity anymore. I'm not one of 11 people on a 10-person life raft. I'm one of I'm one of the many of God's children who is forgiven, who is valuable, who is loved, who is accepted, who is made righteous, and who has eternal life. And that's what helps us to stop doing the look at me and look at them type of thing. But instead to go, look at Jesus. Look at what he did for me. Look at how patient he was and tenderhearted and kind he was with me when my sin was exposed. Let me go do that for other people as well. Dear Lord, we thank you that you came not to condemn us, but to save us. And I pray for my brothers and sisters here in this room. Lord, we all have that Pharisee in our hearts. God, I pray that would you just overwhelm us with your love? Would you overwhelm us with the truth that you've forgiven and justified us? Would you take, would you take away our self-righteous, condemning, judgmental attitude? Would you take that away and by the power of the Holy Spirit, fill us with joy, fill us with peace, fill us with patience, fill us with love. We pray these things in Jesus' name, amen.